Put your names in the Grand Rapids. We the one that kept it cool with all these niggas till these niggas start acting. Shoot a nigga like a film in a movie, nigga gone, let them have We ballin' like the Marsh Madness. All this cops shootin' a nigga tragic. Hold on, one to live in lavish. Welcome back, Beers Watch Podcast, episode 239. Shark's number one podcast recorded in the basement. I know Duval will like the intro song. It is March. So Duval, as he calls it, the black person's wagon wheel, Future's March Madness, was the opening because, of course, it's the first podcast of March this year. Within that, Duval, man, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you thinking about me as you did the, uh, <laughs> the intro for March Madness. and uh, But I'm good, man. Um, same old, same old. If you're looking for me, uh, Rod versus Duval on Twitter, just Duval on Instagram. All right, and in the top for us, Jeeves got the baseball jerseys out, ready to rock, ready for the season. How you doing, Jeeves? I'm doing good. Just working a lot. Um, <laughs> other than that, just chilling at the house. All if right. You want to find me? Um, Jeeves1988 on Instagram and Twitter. All right, and for me, it is J Roll Nation on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, the Beards Watch Podcast. Find our podcast on Spotify. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher at the Beers Watch Podcast. And then, of course, if you really want to see some shenanigans, go to our YouTube. They see me rolling. I will say a Buzz Duval makes for great YouTube. So these next couple we're releasing, Duval, it was post the Super Bowl. We were all cutting loose during the Super Bowl. The game stunk, so we went down to the basement. Had Yuri down here freezing his ass off. Duval and Yuri talking trash. And then we did a couple couple weeks ago, we did a couple with Tyler came in, and, and Duval was just Trash talk form number one on, so it was pretty good. So, like I said, subscribe to They See Me Rolling and all that good stuff. Brewer reviews, beerio carts, uh, reaction videos, all that good stuff. So, for our guest tonight, let's see. If I was trying to do the math, it's been, I think I met this, met Stephanie back in 03, coming into the band room. She oh. was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she. I, I met Duval earlier that summer because of football, and then Stephanie. I think it was banned our freshman year at Hopewell, and then lo and behold, after four years, we both decided to go to UNCG and would see each other around campus every now. I think I think we were in the same soar group as well. Going into that, it was a whole Hopewell alumni soar group we did, and yeah. and then now I was just thinking it's been ten years since we graduated college, almost two thousand eleven. So. Why not have you all? Let's just shoot the breeze. So, Stephanie, how you doing? Good, good. I'm honored, happy to be here, making me feel old with that <laughs> intro. Yeah, <laughs> it's been forever, but I'm I'm honored. I'm truly honored. It's been a long time, so happy to catch up. Absolutely. So, first, let's just get the people who have no idea who you are a little background mm-hmm. on yourself, and then we'll dive into the good stuff. Yeah, uh, Stephanie Bradley, yes. formerly Stephanie Matro, which um, is kind of weird to say. I've been married now for like, uh, dang, I lost count, five years. <laughs> Chaff, my husband was with us too. He was yep. two, two, grades, two grades above us. So right. he was like, can I pop up on the podcast? I'm like, no, this is my, <laughs> this is my thing. So yeah, so now I live in um, about 30 minutes outside of D.C. I moved here right after college in 2011. 
Um, I work at a Fortune 100 company, a program manager, and um, delivery lead. Um, I started a side business at the beginning of this year, Steph B Brands, where I provide agile consulting services, which is basically like project management. Um, and then I also make and sell lumpia, which is a Filipino egg roll out of my home. Um, that's, been, that's been quite an adventure. So now I'm just trying to, you know, make myself into a brand. Um, I would do a lot of like uh, racial justice work. I work with um, some racial organizations that uh, really strive towards designing anti-racist futures. So that's something I found in the past couple of years, been super passionate about. Um, but yeah, I mean, all of it stemmed from just the community that built me up. So definitely from high school onto college and uh, dating back to roots in, in Charlotte, for sure. Yeah. So I, um, I'm, I'm really excited about the future. Now, refresh me again, because I didn't know Duvall until high school, and then it was football, because Duvall went to another different middle school, but he knew, like, Derek here and all that. Were yeah. you in Charlotte growing up, or were you from Cal? Like, I can't, because I remember, where where were you, and how did you get to Hopewell? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I was born in California, but I only lived there for two years okay. before I moved to Charlotte. So okay. I was really raised in North Carolina. Um, so yeah, for, went to all my elementary school, middle school, high school was all in Charlotte. So where were you at middle school then? Um, Branson oh, okay. middle school. Okay. So was, yeah. I, I came from Bradley and it was a lot of Bradley people. And then I was like, Oh, a whole different group of people coming over. So that was, I, uh, I, I slipped my mind. And then, like I said, met and banned that good freshman year and all that good stuff from there. So you touched yeah, on it all. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I was going to bring up a, I'm sure I have a band picture in here somewhere, but the thing is a podcast and are you, do you put this on, do people see visuals? I will, I will post a, a photo across the board, but I won't, I won't really use the whole video and post that thing. I'm, I'm recording, okay. I'm recording the video to pull a screenshot off of it, but I usually keep uh, the, keep the visuals away in case you got a little too crazy. But well, if you if you have a throwback photo, though, you can send it along. We could pop it up. Funny enough, I do have I, – I going through stuff, speaking of moving and your parents giving you stuff that you had at their house, I got my, you know, that, that tub of stuff from high school. And I do have hanging up our Hopewell High Class of 07 picture in the basement, the big, huge one where everyone's in their, their cap and gown out in the football field on that thing. So, But it's so funny how far, like um, – photography like the crispness of it has come because it's very hard to see everybody's face it's kind of just like blurry dots and you can kind of make it like oh there's Duval. oh there's cosby there i am you know kind of stuff like that but yeah so that's all i've got really high school wise because it, it it doesn't seem like it's that long ago but it really was that long ago definitely was definitely was but we all still look the same so that's good maybe a couple <laughs> Couple more facial hairs looks like everybody that's right. got. That's right. <laughs> for me, not for me, no facial. <laughs> so, so you talked about once you graduated UNCG and then moving up to Virginia, was that solely taking a job or was that kind of, hey, let's see what's popping up there? Uh, all because of Chad Bradley. He was, uh, <laughs> he was. I blame him for everything bad that happens in my life. It was because of him. <laughs> I moved up here for love. Um, luckily, it all worked out. But my first job up here for a year, I was working at a daycare because I thought I wanted to do, like, child um, education. Yeah. 
And um, what I come to find out is that I love my own kids, but I can't stand other people's kids. and I did media studies at USG. How did you go from communications to possibly thinking you want to do child care to possibly working in higher ed? What? What? Shall they want to do when they get out of college? I mean, it's just like, whoever will take me, please. Just give me some money. I just don't, I don't want to ask my parents for money anymore. Just whatever. So I just knew that I like kids. Okay. So I was like, let me just try this. Um, and I had experience from babysitting to, like, working at a side job. When I was at UNCG, I was working at, like, a church daycare. Yeah. Um, so I had that experience. It was, like, the only people that would take me, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, what was it? I mean, being in higher ed for 70 years, like, was it hard for you to leave that? Because, I mean, I'm sure you got comfortable. You, you began to, obviously, you, you had some love for it to be yeah, there 70 years. So, yeah. I mean, what was it that made you leave? Yeah, I mean, great question. But what kept me there for so long is, honestly, it, I had a great team. I became, like, best friends with my boss. I had the same boss for the entire time I was there. She's, like, the most amazing person. I still talk to her to this day. But then I got to the point where, one, I live close to D.C., and it's fucking expensive up here. Okay? It's like, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't I have another child because I'm, like, I'm not going to be able to put clothes on another baby. Like, how am I going to uh, survive up here? So, um, I was like, I gotta, I gotta switch industries for that purpose. And, um, on top of that, I was working for a for-profit university, which is nothing wrong with that at all. But, um, some of the community building kind of thing got lost because it operated like a business, but it was still a university. And it was just like a lot of red tape. It, it I had no connection to it after a while. So I was like, all right, let me switch gears and just try to find the transferable skills that I can bring somewhere else. So that's what landed me where I'm at now. Do you, do you, are your family still live down in Charlotte? Yeah. So actually after I moved out of Charlotte, um, my mom was like, I know you're not ever coming back here. <laughs> like, you and we, uh, I mean, before, after I left, my mom had no one either. So she moved mm. Back to California with my, my brother. Duval knows my brother. Um, yeah, so my brother moved back to California as soon as he turned 18. Um, he moved back. And then when I moved here, my mom moved back. So all of my family lives in California. Cass's ah. uh, mom lives in Charlotte still and his uncle. So um, we have no, like, family within... Like a like hundred mile radius from where we are, even more than that. And that's got to be tough. You've got two daughters, correct? I do. Because I always say, I tell everybody who's about to have kids, say the biggest cheat code is having family close. And I know that's got to be tough for y'all because I mean, how far is Charlotte from you guys? Oh, it's a seven hour drive. Chad's driving six, but with me, it's like seven and a half. (laughs) So that's yeah. I mean, like I said, I always. Just like a perfect example, the other day I had to go into work late or Jerrianna was sick or something. My mom, she gets done with her. Hey, can you come over real quick, watch the kids, whatever. And and, and plus, you know, kids, it's good to be around their grandparents and everything. But I know that's got to be definitely a tough juggle there for you guys. For sure, for sure. I mean, we, 
we have gotten to the point now where we're like a system. We yeah. talk about this all the time. It's just like, all right, you're down. It's like, uh, you know, right now, what is it called in basketball? It's like man on man. What is it called? <laughs> defense. <laughs> yeah, man to man defense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> man to man defense all the time. It's just like, okay, we got two. Now, if we had three, we're screwed. Yeah. I mean, like, we have no idea how. Especially my second, my, my baby, she just turned two. Yeah. She is crazy like they, everything they say about a second child is a hundred percent true it's just like she's just a di- we not to their face but behind their back we call them beauty and the beast so <laughs> <laughs> not to their face though we don't want to yeah. be rude but that is exactly what they are so um but what we found is when we get around family chaz and i are so used to operating just him and i when a family member steps in now we're like we got this like what are you doing like we 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 raise our kids you know so that's what's actually hard for us now is when we are around family yeah and they want to give them like whatever to eat or put them down <laughs> in that we're like whoa 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 you messing up the flow yep. we got we got this so it's the for us now but we definitely have grown to accept the help when we can especially when malia came along it was like all right we pretty much have to just let our parents or family members just do what they want because they only see them for like a yeah. week at a time anyway yeah. um yeah yeah that's we've got our second coming up here in june so that'll be a oh, nice yeah. nice little learning learning experience on that one as well so you went two girls we've got two boys coming up so the house is just going to be tore up as much as holes in the wall wrestling and all that good stuff but yeah i can i, I okay so at what age do you think you'll finally tell your your daughters that you called them Beauty and the Beast. That's a good question. Well, so if they dig up this podcast, <laughs> uh, that'll be the first time that they know. But we'll keep it between us okay. for now. Okay, fair enough. I didn't know if that was like at a at a wedding. You know, when you give your speech at a wedding or maybe a sixteenth birthday or something like that. But that would be something uh, funny to, to to finally unveil to them if they do listen. Yeah. Who who knows what what are they two and four five and two. Yeah. Okay, so they're probably at least five or six years away from finding internet stuff just yet, you know, searching yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, we're, we're locking it down, you know. <laughs> Dad, uh, Chaz won't say that. He, he's just, he locks everything down. He's like, you know, when MJ, now she's old enough to go on play dates and stuff like that, she's like, all right, let me run this background check real quick on this six-year-old. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, criminal record, like, what are you doing? You know, He'll show up to daycare with his like gun on his hip. Still, I'm like Chad. You gotta, you just gotta slow it down. All right, it's cool, it's cool. It's so cool. wait, you bringing up gun on a hip for no one, anybody who doesn't know what what does he do? Oh, he's a he's a U.S. Marshal. Oh, okay, so he, okay. Yeah, that was a reason. So he works at the headquarters up here, and um, yeah, that's what he did. As soon as he got out of college, he went straight to the academy, and then he came up here and started working. So definitely a wow. blessing because. Yeah, the, the, the story with him is right after his academy class, they started doing, I think, like, veteran-only um, admission into U.S. Marshals. So it was, like, basically a, lo- a long period of time before they were accepting, like, college grads again. So he literally got in, you know, by the grace of God, right when he was able to. So um, it's been a blessing for sure. He loves his job. So does he get to do the famous – one person on a flight, there's always a U.S. Marshal on a flight kind of thing. Does he have, like, a shift of that? How does that work? <laughs> is it like you do three months on, three months off, or what? 
I feel like we'd love to tell people that. So he's he's U.S. Marshal, not an Air Marshal. Oh, okay. And this is okay. Something that he. Um, I just found out when he went to the academy. I was like, oh, so you're going to be a plane on light? He's yeah. like, no, dummy. Like this is what it. <laughs> okay, so a lot of people don't know. So U.S. Marshal is just like um, they deal with like fugitive apprehension. So like warrants. Um, you heard of like top ten most wanted. Yeah. Uh, they're apprehended by U.S. Marshals. So if you think of it like in those terms, and then they um, protect federal judges, federal courthouses, federal attorneys, things gotcha. like that. So all right, yeah. so we'll, we'll, U.S. Marshal, which is a good movie. Yeah. So now that's, that's all I can think about is, is okay. yeah. yeah. So, so he's the black Tommy Lee Jones. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so that's one way to put it to vote. Actually, he's like, I'm the black Tommy Lee Jones. I'm like, all right, yeah. <laughs> so, didn't mean to steer it off. I know you mentioned, hey, this was your show to shine here. So we'll get back, we'll get, <laughs> we'll get back on that road on that. So how? So you you were doing the education seven years, and then what kind of gave you? You kind of touched on it, like the red tape and everything. What was in your mind, like the next step kind of thing? Like, when did you start kind of formulating? All right, where's my exit strategy here? Yeah, so my I remember I applied for my first job outside of um, where I was at working in higher ed when I was on mater- maternity leave with MJ. Okay. Um, I didn't land the job that I'm at now until I was pregnant with Malia. Wow. So it was a solid two years of searching. And not just searching, like, oh, I'm going to get on LinkedIn and, like, you know, yeah. apply here and there. it was like a second job yeah like being applications just trying to get in where i fit in doing like i can't even count how many interviews i did it was rough yeah it was rough but um you know i'm a big believer i'm i'm faithful and i just put myself try to put myself in the right positions and man i was like sliding in dms left and right on linkedin for sure <laughs> like just googling like uh, the top companies in Washington D.C. and just like DMing people and um, man, it was it was like a, quite a story on how I landed where I am. But yeah, it was it was awesome um, getting in where I am now, and it is solely through off of networking. So yeah. great. So what are you exactly doing now? Um, so I kind of have a fifty-fifty job. So fifty percent of it is I manage this internal volunteer uh, program for tech associates. Um, so they have an internal network of people that are subject matter experts and they volunteer to like teach or create content for other tech associates so that you kind of still stay up to date on tech skills. So there's a whole internal network for that. And I manage the volunteer program. So I just focus on, um, recruiting, engaging and recognizing the people that contribute to the program. And then the other 50% is what they call agile delivery lead. So I don't know if you're familiar with the term scrum master, but it's just a servant leader for a software engineering team that helps them deliver like features for certain applications. So there's a couple of internal applications that software engineers work on and I just help deliver that work. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you did that. And then all of a sudden, I think what kind of piqued my interest, not that I wouldn't have invited you on anyway, was you started posting about your Steph B brands. And then I was like, oh, okay. And that kind of, I think it popped up on my Instagram via story, via something. I was like, oh, this would be interesting. And it'd be good to catch up because 
We've almost known each other for 20-something years, which is very weird to say because we're 30-something years old. And I like, I don't, it just dawned on me driving, like picking my kid up from preschool the other day. Like, like I said earlier, I was doing the math and I was like, wait, I, I can actually say I've known somebody for 20 years now and there still be like 10 years of my life that I didn't know them. But it was just weird to actually be able to say that and be like, oh, wow, we are getting up there in age and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. what, is the, what is the Steph B Brands? Yeah, so it's really just like the house that shields the two um, organizations. So the Agile Consulting and actually the Lumpia business called They See Me Rolling Lumpia. Yeah. So, you nice. know. <laughs> that is, I, I, so I, it's funny, as I was stalking you somewhat research <laughs> on this, I noticed in your Instagram, it was They See Me Rolling as well, and, but you had R-O-L-L-I-N, but kind of a funny little small world scenario there. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I always had that name in my head, and then you know I had to explain it to Chaz a little bit. I'm like, you get it? Like Roland, like Roland egg rolls, and he's like, yeah. Anyway, are you gonna put a baby? In bed? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So it's really just, um, and this is really off of one of my friends who also went to UNCG. She was my sorority sister. Her name is Shakaya Brown. And she was, she's just like a marketing, like, guru. She worked at L'Oreal for 10 years, quit her job, decided to travel, and then she ended up launching her own marketing and branding business, and now she lives in Senegal. Um, and, yeah, she's, I mean, I really leaned on, yeah, yeah, she, she's, she's it. She's definitely doing it. So um, when I initially thought of this business, I pitched it to her first because I'm like, hey, is this even something? Is this something that people would even want? And I'm talking about the Agile Consulting. And she's like, yeah, actually, I need this. Like, can I hire you? And I was like, oh, shit. This for real? I just never knew that it was going to be something. So in talking to her and she's like, you know, what do you want this to be? Um, Who's your avatar is really what she asks is like when you're building a business, like who's the one person that you're talking to? Um, and I was like, well, you know, like small entrepreneurs, small businesses. And she was like, okay, let, let's build around that. And then I told her about my, my other avenues and things I want to work on. And it's really just building a house that kind of shelters all of that. Um, so then you can continue to just build and grow. Like, like I told you, I'm very passionate about like the racial injustice. And even now with the hashtag stop Asian hate with all the, um, the acts of violence towards Asian Americans, like, I can continue to build on that and have another aspect of my business where I'm talking about those things or bringing, you know, shedding some light on those areas. So it can just continue to build and grow. But it was um, it was just an idea to kind of make a house that shields all of it. Um, So, yeah, it was really just working with her and getting ideas from her. So what's the next moves for that? Oh, who knows? Who knows? We never got God is, is, is great, and he's always like, uh, you, I know you have this in mind, but this is where you're about to go. <laughs> in a million years, I would ever have a side business. I'm like, I can barely, like, I have a load of laundry that I think has been sitting in my living room for, like, two months, honestly. And, I mean, the fact that now I have a side business is like, what the hell are we doing? I'm like, what is going on? So, um, who knows where it's all going to go? I've been partnering and working with a great organization called the Bond Educational Group, and I'm their project lead for the Equity Summit, um, which is centered around like rising together, bringing people together, building an anti-racist future. So 
I see myself definitely working long term with them um, in many ways. And what that looks like, who knows? But I know my true passion is just centered around like racial equity. And I know and I hope that we get to a place before I die where I can see just everything be the way that it it should have always intended to be. So I think that that's where my, my life is taking me. But who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Duval, I know you got something brewing over there. A question. <laughs> um, I guess I, I would say, uh, and I'm going to go back to like high school. So I, I don't, I know you remember, I think it was, I think I met Stephanie. I, I know it was banned. But yeah. prior to that, I met her before then because I don't know if she remembers that she stayed in the same neighborhood as my cousin, Brittany. Yeah. And yeah, which is where I met uh, Jackie, your brother, him, and I think it was a couple of other people outside playing basketball. And that's how I met you, because I was over there. Yeah. Um, I, I guess my thing is, is like, I guess with everything from the pandemic and everything, with you and Chaz knowing each other for so long, how has the pandemic been for y'all? Because I mean, as you know, you've seen that marriages relationships go certain ways and obviously things have been great between y'all so how was it has it really brought y'all together really lean on each other more than that or really did the pandemic really not change as much or or how did that go yeah i mean i think i mean like i said we don't have family around so it was never it's not really foreign to us like oh all of a sudden we're not seeing family but we really did look forward to that time that we traveled to California every year, or we drove down to Charlotte at least once or twice a year. So that has pretty much been non-existent for a year now. Um, Chaz and I have always relied very heavily on each other for support, whether it be like emotional, physical, whatever. Um, But what the pandemic has taught me personally is just like slow down, just like, Slow the hell down. What are you doing? Like, I used to be going into the office. Like, my my company never mandates anybody to go into the office. But it's just that mental thing of, like, oh, I got to show face. I got to show people that I'm working. I got to, you know, and Chaz, Chaz, even before the pandemic, he was like, why are you going into the office so much? Like, don't they not care? And I'm like, no, they do care. You know, you just want to make sure that you're doing your thing. And then now with the pandemic, it's like, hell no, I ain't going to the office. Well, I mean, now they're, they're telling us not to go. Yeah. Like, we're, we're not required to go back until September. And even then, they're, like, up for debate. Um, but, you know, like, your, your life is so much more than just your job. And I was just so hyper-focused on possibly getting a promotion, making sure I look good to my boss, making sure I'm, like, delivering, staying past a certain time, like, just trying to prove myself because I just had a baby and I want to make sure people still thought I was working. Like that's a whole other pressure that women go through, especially after they have kids. It's like, it, it caused so much stress on me just to like, you know, pump in the car. Like yeah. I know y'all are all guys. You want to hear about this, but I mean like trying to pump and drive and talk on the phone at the same time. Like I was a damn hazard. I was eat breakfast. I was going to like, repeat things at the same time like different wires and shit coming out my bra like it was a lot it was too damn much so um definitely slowing down and um just like coming back together as a family and just realizing like our life is just so much bigger than my job his job 
Um, we're just happy that no one has gotten sick and everyone has been healthy and we've really just centered ourselves again around our family, I'd say. Jazz and I have always been good. You know, I, I won't front and act like we haven't had marital problems. I think everyone has, but we've known each other for so long at this point. Like, we're really, like, friends. Like, definitely <laughs> friends. I would say we're probably more friends than spouses in some cases. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're, we're just, like back to the family, back to our core, back to where our center should have always been. Yeah, Duvall, you didn't see their workout videos they were posting? I was going to mention that, too. Because I was going to bring that up. Because like, that joint came across my timeline. Hot, boy. I was like, oh, yo. Yes, like, <laughs> I didn't know. Like, I was, I was I like, is this? And the thing was, was I knew. I was like, I feel like Chaz worked out. But I was like, damn, Stephanie out here like this, too. Like, what kind of? But the way the camera angles moved in and everything, I was like, what, yeah, like, what, 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 what video genre are we going for here, folks? I didn't know what was about to happen. I was like, but she shared on Facebook, so it must be somewhat safe. I was like, Whoa. Hey, hey, she got kids. Yes. You know, like, you don't want to. Yeah, but, you know, pand- pandemic times was tough. I didn't know if an extra check needed to be cashed. I mean, you know. <laughs> I put it on OnlyFans right afterwards, and I got, like, a million dollars. No, that one's definitely all chess. So every every year, I know it's supposed to be about me, but a big part of me is chess, yeah, so yeah. That we'll, we'll, we'll just embrace it. Um, every year since he's turned 30, this man has gone through a midlife crisis five times already. <laughs> yes, five times. So when he, I can't even remember what the, whatever year it was, but one year... He went all in on boxing. Like, he was going boxing, like, every single day. He got a personal boxing trainer. I was like, all right, cool. Next year, it was tattoos. He got five tattoos in the span of three months. One of them, he drove all the way to Philly. Wow. And back on the same day to get it touched up or something. Like, yeah, I, I, I remember because I looked at the bank account and I was like, all right, dude. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm just let him have it, you know, whatever. The next year it was his hair. So he's had waves since I've known him. And then, like, he started growing his hair out. He legit, I'm not even trying to be funny, he looked homeless. Like, legit <laughs> homeless. He did not know. He did not know how to grow his hair out. Like, he's always kind of done the same thing. He was homeless. And then he got braids, and then I made him cut it off the next day. I was like, all right, we're going too far with this. <laughs> so, and then the next year, which was, like, maybe one or two years ago, he did um, the fitness thing, and he started counting. Like, he's always been working out, but he actually got a trainer that taught him about nutrition and this definitely is more like the long-term thing. Um, so that's how we kind of, Oh no, I skipped one. He did fitness and then he did, um, stage, uh, competitions. What is it called? Physique. Oh, competition. like bodybuilder physique type. Okay. Yeah. So he did that and that, Oh man, I've never, I have never had to pray so much in my life to just be like, okay, guy, if you want me to be with this man and night, Michael B. Jordan, then let me be with <laughs> If I had to choose right now, it would be, it would definitely be Killmonger. So, I mean, <laughs> it was just, it was just a lot. But, um, you know, the one thing about him is that he's so dedicated and he'll just go all in on something. And I'm just glad he's not going all in on like gambling or That's strippers. True. That's uh, true. That's you know? true. 
So if it had to be something, I'd rather it be those things yeah. and not strip it. That's so fair. I'll be, I'll, I'll take, I'll take the win. But yeah, that was all him. Him and he was like, "Hey, Stephanie, we're all at home anyway. Like, why don't you just get some workout equipment and then do this video with me?" That video ended up being for his trainer to yeah. promote his trainer's business. But he was like, "Why don't you just do this video with me?" And I was like, "I don't think I'll be ready to do it." Like. He's like, all right, well, if you want to do it, it's in a month and a half from now. And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing something. So, yeah, I basically went through a uh, what they call a cut, which is like preparing to go on stage as if I was going to compete. Um, and I went through that for like a month, a month and three weeks, I think. Um, yeah, but that was a short, short phase of life. And that, that was cool. But, you know, obviously. Yeah. Um, not- yeah. yeah. That's it. You back on the back on the regular life, the trulies and working out every whenever you can fit it in. Yeah, yeah, and I still and I actually started working with the trainer like more um, consistently ever since after that, and I stick to the workouts a hundred percent. But the eating, I was like, I gotta have some enjoyment in my life. Absolutely. So I've been trying to look every year. Duval does this fast, right? Where he goes oh. from the new year to Easter where he does it. He's like, oh, I'm not going to eat red meat or I'm not going to eat bread. So he did. He added bread this year. So for our Super Bowl party, he, he all year he's been picking up pizza. He'd been eating pizza. So this year he did the bread, no bread. So he had to pick up the pizza. I have never seen Duval so kind of grumpy watching football in my life. It wasn't, it wasn't blown out grump, but it was just small things I could tell that Duval was like, he was like, man, I had to smell the pizza over there. Then I'm sitting around all y'all eating pizza, wings, chips, salsa. I'm like, I'm sorry, Duval. But he was just, it was just so funny, like you said, that it's, there's some things that's just, oh, I understand. And I respect him doing his little fast, but it is just funny how, like, those little enjoyment things can mean so much, such a big difference, make a, such a big difference in a lifestyle yeah. and, and, just, and affect your mood a little bit. And that's yeah. the sad part is, is I don't even remember like like I didn't think I had that until you said something. I was like, you know what? I was miserable. I was sitting there a, a plate full of shrimp, and I was just like, this is really all I got. The shrimp was good, but I was like, you know, they got this this these cheese pizza over here. They got these wings. I'm just like, yeah, it, this is tough. And the game wasn't good, so it was just yeah, made it even worse. Yeah, yeah man, they added salt to the wound. <laughs> so on that, Stephanie, what what is what is that meal for you that you were like, yo, I gotta at least dive back into this? Oh man! Um, as soon as I was done with that, we did Korean fried chicken banchan. I don't know if y'all have that. It's popular. It's very popular up here. We have a lot of like Asian places close to us, Asian little Asian towns. Mm-hmm. So banchan is my go-to. Yeah, I'm off of that Bojangles, Popeyes, all that Southern stuff. Even though I will every time I go, if I pass this. Richmond, I'm hitting a Bojangle. Got to. For sure. I mean, it's, it's yeah. you got to. That's It's, yeah. it's very tough funny. living so close to a Bojangles because it's just like anytime you have one too many Trulies or you just need that little bit of oomph, that little Cajun flay biscuit with some fries, it's, it's just nothing like it. It's just yeah. nothing like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But Bonchong is definitely the level up now. We got a little bit of money, you know, not... <laughs> For nothing like, all right, I'm just put a little more, splurge, <laughs> some bonchons. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely my one meal. And I love burgers. We have five guys up here, yeah. five guys definitely a favorite. But after looking at the back of boxes all the time and looking at nutri- nutrition facts now, it's like you get into this mental habit of looking at things and you're like, shit, 15 fat, bro. You know, <laughs> <laughs> e
thinking about it, I'm like, that's a lot, yeah. you know? So now I'm kind of in the habit of like slowing things down and being more intentional, but I definitely am more balanced and I have one big cheat meal a week yeah. and, you know, Truly's still low calorie, so that's yes, why I go for the chicken. That's true. Yeah. You drink, too <laughs> many, drink too many Truly's, though, and, and it'll have me feeling like I'm 31 because of my stomach. That sugar, my stomach will be hitting me, and then that headache, I'll be like, oh, no. It got me this past July 4th. I woke up feeling, oh, boy, I was, I was hurting. I, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna say since you were talking so much how much you love burgers, is Five Guys your go to? Because to me, Five Guys to me is it is I don't have a problem paying a couple of extra dollars, but I feel like they're a little too priced for what I'm getting. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, I'm like I'm like it's not worth that because I'll go to cookout and get one, and you get a whole lot more. Yeah, with a huge I agree. Seat, I'm good. Oh, you're 100 percent right. If they had a cookout up here, uh, I'd be okay. killing. Four ninety nine double cheeseburger tray. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I'll, I'll get that any day. Um, but, you know, Chaz, Chaz got bougie all of a sudden. He's like, cookout is nasty. I'm like, damn you. Are you yeah. crazy? Forgot <laughs> where we came from. Yeah. We from North Carolina. Yeah, cookout is a go-to. I would go there definitely yeah. all the time. Okay. Good, good, good to know on that one then. <laughs> so now back to – what was I going to go? We were talking cookout. We were talking burgers. Anything to finish off the brands, what would you, I know we've got to talk about where's it going to go, but you, you, you touched a little bit on like the social justices and all that kind of stuff. What do you hope to accomplish on that side, under that, in that room of the house, as you've been calling it a, a room? Like, what is yeah. your next steps in that? I know, obviously, you know, we've seen a lot of positive stuff, and then there's always seems like, you know, you get five positive things, and then there's just one huge, monstrous negative thing. You brought up the, the Asian hate crimes and all that stuff going on, and what kind of is, what are your next steps in trying to, to get that out there? Yeah, I think um, my main thing is I have a really unique upbringing bringing for, I mean, a Filipino-American person. I mean, yeah. Duvall knows, cousin lived in my neighborhood. I was raised in all black areas the entire time I was living in Charlotte. So I knew nothing but black people growing up. I mean, that's just the truth. So for me, when I see things about um, things happening to black people in the community, I'm at this line where I'm like, okay, I feel really passionate about this, but is it my place to really be an ally or do I let black people talk about their people? And what I found was, I was talking to Chaz about this and he's like, his perspective is I'm tired. Like, I don't want to talk about it anymore to people. I've lived my entire life as a black man and a black man in law enforcement yeah. at that. So he's like, I'm tired of talking. Like at this point, I want other people to talk for me so that maybe they can hit more ears than what I'm hitting. Because right now I am talking to black people who already know what we are going through and I'm talking as if I'm, I'm chess. So that is what really pushed me to just continue to use my voice and even talk specifically to, to my people like Asian Americans who now are going through, uh, or probably have been going through a whole other side of what's coming out of the pandemic, which is, um, a lot of hate crimes, um, because of, um, you know, how the coronavirus came about and all these things. So, 
I think for me, I just want to continue to use my voice and speak out and talk about my unique perspective and what I've seen from the time I was little up until now and how I can just make sure that other people are are hearing it and understanding what minority communities are going through. I think a lot of people just lack the understanding of it and um, really are scared, honestly. Like, if I didn't have the the passion or the knowledge that I have, I'd be scared to say, dang, black people are going through a lot. Like, what can I do? Or I don't really understand what was wrong. Nobody I know has said this, but for instance, I don't understand what was wrong, what happened with George Floyd. People are scared to stuff, say stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm hoping that if people are more open and just even saying like, what is going on, then that way it'll just open up the door for the conversation to be had. Because I think that that's all what minority communities want is to the conversation to be had and action happening off of it. Um, so that's where where I'm hoping it will all go. Nice. Yeah. I know it's been tough, and like I said, we've had the conversation with Duval every now and then. We come down in the basement and chat it, but it is it's one of those subjects, especially me being a white guy. Like you said, you don't want to cross too many boundaries, but you also kind of want to know. But also, I think there's just a lot of other people that just gotta kind of open their ears and listen, you know, instead of talking. Because listening to me, you know, and understanding your privilege. Uh, as a white guy, just kind of different things and how they're set up. And it's okay to acknowledge that it's there and how can we fix it or how can we make it better and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I really appreciate too, like, um, especially after the George Floyd murder, Chad's got on the phone with some of his law enforcement buddies that he has been working with since he started. Um, And he told them like, listen, this is, you know, this is real. Like, what can we do and how do y'all feel as like white men about what happened? And with George Floyd specifically, I think they all came to a consensus, but there is some other black people that have gotten healed by policemen where they they thought that it was a rightful situation, like yeah. that they would have reacted the same way. And I don't think they've ever talked about it, but because the, the racial reckoning, if you will, happened yeah. around George Floyd, it came out. And... Um, I remember I was listening, and of course, like eavesdropping, like a good wife, um, listening to <laughs> you know, all my husband's conversations. Um, one of them was like, "Well, I really didn't like when Colin Kaepernick kneeled um, during the national anthem. Like, of all the things they were talking about, yeah. they were like, that was the thing that they were loudest about. They were like, that shouldn't have happened. Just if you want to stand for some, or if you want to like advocate for something, that's fine. But just not during the national anthem is disrespectful. It's disrespectful. And Charles was like, of all the things that we're talking about, this is a thing that you are like this passionate about when this entire time we've been talking, I mean, feel how you feel. That's fine. But this entire time we've been talking about like these five different people that have gotten murdered, but the only time you're the loudest is talking about when someone is kneeling, which is a silent protest. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's just, again, opening the conversation and allowing them to just like turn the camera on them and having them look in the mirror themselves. Um, It was eye opening, I think, for for um, a black man to kind of come out and say those things to him. And they know how kind hearted Chaz is and how he comes with good intentions. And obviously they're all on the same side. Um, We should we should all we should all be on the same side. But unfortunately, just. 
Um, it's not always looked at that way. It's black men specifically isn't always perceived that way. Um, not to get like too deep into it, but we went to visit Chaz's dad um, in Fuquavarina, which is like super small town, like outside of Raleigh. Yeah. Uh, last year, or no, the year before, it had to be the year before. And um, this woman at CVS accused Chaz of stealing. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea he was law enforcement, obviously. But, you know, Chaz throws on a hoodie. He looks like he's like 19, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he looks younger than me, honestly, which I'm kind of upset about because he's about to be 30. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they accused him of stealing, and they just thought that he stuck something in his hoodie. And even there's two things that happened. Chaz, like, he put his hands in his pocket in his hoodie, and he was like, oh, shit, I think I maybe I put something in my pocket on accident like yeah. he still thought that he did something wrong and then he found out that he didn't and then um you know the lady ended up talking to another cashier and it came out that he didn't take anything and he never said that he was law enforcement he never said that you know he was he never got upset basically and I was so pissed I, because he didn't tell me what happened until we got into the car and we drove off and I was like turn the car around right now <laughs> <laughs> oh, Karen on their ass, like for real. I was about to go full Karen, but I I told him I was like, why didn't you tell them that you were law enforcement and like you know just make them feel bad basically? And he was like, I didn't I didn't want anything happening to me. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. Like that is so real and so sad that even with him and he had his gun on him, you know, because he just always carries it with him. But that's the that is the realistic view of what happens with black people. They have to make themselves smaller so that other people do not feel intimidated. And, and it it, it is not like that with a lot of other races. So um, continuing to amplify his story really helps me just uh, get on everyone's, get in everyone's space so that they understand. Yeah. It's, it's interesting too to hear stories like that but you know because my uh, the white people I work with there's a wide range of people that go on that crazy side and Mm -hmm. you know I even was going to ask you about since you're living up in DC did y'all kind of have have any brushback from the that protest how close were you guys to that and all that stuff yeah, I mean, we live pretty far far enough from the city like 25, 30 minutes away Um, but with Chaz's job he got called out there and literally, as soon as he was walking out the door, they they pulled back because they ended up having too many people. Yeah. Like, it got so hot and heavy down there. And then all of a sudden, um, they were like, all right, we called, like, way too many law enforcement officers. So they ended up pulling back. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot. I mean, it, same with his office. I mean, as you can imagine, there's a ton of people that are on the other side of things. Yeah. Um, but they are still not hesitant in voicing their opinion around Chase, which, of course, would make anyone super uncomfortable. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't have a proximity closeness, but a, a other kind of closeness, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's definitely, like you said, you tell that story and then, you know, it was wild to hear somebody tell, kind of out loud say, oh, you know, if it 
you know, I said, well, you know good and well if it was all black people storming the Capitol, they would have all been shot. Let's just be dead honest yeah. here. And I was yeah. like, I'm going to end it at that because before I get too heated and then we get both get canned because we're out here yelling at each other. And he kind of yeah. got quiet. But, you know, it's, it's just wild how some people think like that. And they were like, oh, this. And it is, like you said, you've got that small store, town story there where she mm-hmm. he was just trying to get him a, a soda and some crackers or something. And all of a sudden he gets accused, but then the flip side where I think if just more people could open their mind and kind of see what's going on and this institutional racism per se that's taken a hold, you know, it could help. But, I, you know, I applaud you for, like I said, open the conversation. And it's hard to hear some people say some crazy stuff. And, and it's really like, you really think that way? And that's what I think is wild in the year 2021 that some people still think and have so much hate for people that they don't even really know, you mm-hmm. know, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I really applaud you, Jacob. I mean, I feel like I've always seen, you know, growing up, I've always seen, like, white people hang with white people and black people hang with black people. That's what I've always <laughs> And when I was growing up, I didn't know where I fell in that. So I thought I was white for a really long time because I just knew that I wasn't black. Then I'll kind of add to that that Jacob is really one of those it doesn't really matter. And I'll, Stephanie, you don't even know this story, but when we were in college, and I know you remember Tyler Frazier, yeah. uh, one of the homecomings, Jacob came to him, he was the only white dude there, <laughs> him and his buddy Cheeks, and he came into the party, and his buddy was more nervous than Jacob was. And I will never forget that. Jacob shows up with a six-pack, and we're like, dog, we don't do six-packs of beer. You make this liquor out of the kitchen. I don't know what you're talking about here. You know, so... You know, yeah. I, I, I know Jacob is, I can agree with that. And I mean, like, we've had, you know, conversations about stuff, about how I went through certain things growing up, being black and, you know, being in, you know, certain jobs and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, he, he's definitely been somebody good. And, and tell Chaz, I understand everything that he's went through. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially, well, I'm not in law enforcement or anything like that, but just certain careers that I've been in. So. Yeah. It's difficult, so just tell them to just keep on pushing along and, and keep putting one foot in front of the other and, and do everything he can to take care of himself so he can come back home to you and the kids. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, Jacob, you've always been like that, for sure. Before before it was popular and cool <laughs> to be hanging out with black people, you were always like, hey, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. I mean, I think, I mean, Duvall, you bring that out. I even think on that sore trip with Stephanie, I was probably the only – white guy as well but to me it was just about if you like hanging out with people you hang out with people regardless and it's always good to immerse yourself to get the other side to know where Duvall's coming from see what his kind of culture backgrounds hangout could be compared to ours and stuff like that. Like you said your part you kind of party was there's a big old cooler over there full of purple drink you take you you know <laughs> just dip you a cup in you know they got a if you want to go into the bathroom and hit some of that green there's a, a rolling station over there you do what you it's whatever and and i remember my favorite kind of difference in parties you know at our parties fraternity parties playing beer pong we got some music but Duval, I remember seeing all the blue jean marks on the walls from where from where the dudes just stand and the girls just shake their ass on them. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But it was just funny to see the two different kind of cultures and party in there. And that was their big thing. Lights down low, you know, black lights on and just getting a lot more dancing and just kind of shooting the shit kind of thing as opposed to maybe a, a white fraternity party. We got beer pong, maybe some cornhole, all that kind of stuff. So... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And even at USCG, I mean, I joined a black sorority. Yeah. I mean, that's just 
that's just um, the community that I've been raised around. So yeah. it's not, and I'm always the same person regardless. Yeah. I have never said like, oh, I'm black or I'm mixed or anything like that. No, I'm like very truthful and saying both my parents are immigrants from the Philippines. Like this is just what it is. I, I was just raised around black people and that's w- the majority of what I know. Um, but I'm also very privileged in that because I can, con- I have the, the privilege of uh, context switching. So mm. I can like, or what they call code switching, yeah. like in corporate environment, like I'm the majority of my close friends at work, they're black. But when I get into a group full of white people, I'm accepted <laughs> right away because I can just code switch. Yeah. Like that's, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but a lot of uh, black people obviously can't do that. They have to work so hard yeah. to just be welcomed into that, proverbial room you know so again me being welcome into those spaces is what I'm trying to get into and then once I'm there is just using that seat at the table to really voice what's going on nice now to get on the lighter side we touched on it earlier you're they see me rolling what are these egg rolls that you speak of yes yes so lumpia lumpia is like if, if you ever came to my house growing up, like, there's food on the table right away. My mom is not happy until she physically sees your stomach protruding from her food. That's like, I like to hear that. Yeah, right. that's, that's just how she is. So, and that's, like, all Filipinos. <laughs> so, um, so uh, I got my mom's recipe maybe, like, sometime last year. And then um, I had always was meditating on like doing some kind of Filipino food business because I love cooking uh, when I have the time to do it. And then um, some random lady in um, a local Facebook group up here said, hey, does anyone uh, sell lumpia? I'm looking to buy from a local parent. I have a party coming up, whatever. I didn't even have the business at that time. And I just responded to her and I was like, I do. nothing I had sold nothing so then um she commented back I was like oh, oh cool like um tell me what your price point is and she messaged me and then off of that post two other people was like oh I'll buy some for me too and I was like oh shit um <laughs> it's real now yeah <laughs> it got real real quick <laughs> so yeah so I I make it and, and sold it to two people and they were like oh yeah I'll definitely come back um, so that's what really pushed me into the business. So I like spun up a Facebook page. I made a menu. I had the contact, and that around that same time was when my consulting business started picking up. Ah. Oh shit! I need like I need to hire like a web designer just real quick to put something up for me. I need to like buy some professional photos. I had just so happened to do this like free photo shoot for a photographer like a couple months ago. Um, for one of her like um, projects that she was doing and I just bought photos from her from that photo shoot because I mean she did the shoot for free but I had to pay for the pictures and I was like oh great because it's like the only professional pictures that I have <laughs> um, and then that's what kind of just like pushed me like literally shoved me into the business and then because I had that um, I spun up the blog because I was like okay I want like for both of these I feel like what really sells your clients or customers is the person behind it. Like they want to know who you are, where you come from, what your background is. So that's why I created the blog. 
um, so that I can talk a little bit more about my, my personal life. So for people who don't know what lumpia, is that it? What yeah. is that? It is it's a Filipino egg roll. Filipino egg roll. Okay. Um, Yep, yep, with different flavors in it. So, like, the signature one is, like, pork. It's probably, like, the ground pork is the best one, but there's different flavors and options. And on my menu, I actually named each flavor off of a family member. So, when I announced that, I was, like, rolling it out. <laughs> rolling it out, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, if you looked at how angry Duval looked, because we're talking about pork, and all this bread you can use. Just oh, five, I, was, I was like, she got five, it. Five, five seconds, like, five seconds before you said your joke, I was just like looking to the ball, being like, "Dang, I could really use one of them right now, yeah, but I, I can't." Like, Ooh, I gotta have some other than this court. Like, uh. That is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So I told my family in California that I was creating a business, and I told them, "Hey, if you have any favorite flavors." let me know. And each family member that sent me a flavor combination, I named that nice. flavor off of them. Yeah. So that's a good name of them. Awesome. Yeah. What's your favorite one to make? Oh, definitely the, um, my mom's favorite Arlene's Arlene. What did I name it? Arlene's favorite Arlene's signature or something like that. Okay. Um, so it's like the signature ground pork Lumbia. That's like always a go-to. Nice. It's the best one. All right. Yeah. Before, so as somebody that's somebody that's not big into pork, is mm-hmm. there one for the non-pork individuals out here? The ones that Jacob and pick, Jacob picks them. They're my cousin's favorite. He's like a big meat eater, and his favorite is actually the veggie. So I called it the healthy Sil Homer. His name is Sil Homer, and we always make fun of him because his name is funny. But yeah, <laughs> so. Uh, it's all veggie, so it has like cabbage, bean sprouts, sweet potatoes. Yeah, really good. Look, now Duval's getting a little happier because you got a little. Yeah, I'm good now. I'm good now. I can smile now. Okay. <laughs> they got, she's got something that he can eat on the menu. Yeah, that's it. Good tip. Uh, it, it'll be on your doorstep, Duval. Okay. That's yeah. Say, say yeah. Yes. Next time you visit, you just gotta drop some off or something. For sure, for well, sure. Well, well, I can tell you, once the world opens, I'll I'll have to like reach out to you because you know Mark Hill. Mark stays in D.C. He's an attorney up there. So yeah, so whenever the world was open, I, I went to go visit him. So I'll definitely yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Let's stop by. Let's have a cookout, a legit cookout in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. before we get to our notebook question, one more because you brought up earlier. You've got two kids. You're playing man-to-man defense. Are you guys done, or is it TBD, or what? Man, that's another one where I said God will tell me yeah. the answer. So, uh, I want a boy. I know he wants a boy. A boy more than him. Because he's like, oh, gr- girls love their dads forever. Yeah. Like, for sure. Like, they're – like, I'm, I'm definitely – I'm soft, but at the same time, I can be mean. But with him, it's just like they run to their dad every, every single time. So for me, I'm like, I just want a boy so someone can love me. Just one person. <laughs> one person, I feel like I, I can die a happy woman. So I would love to get the boy. Um, but the risk of having a third girl it scares me the most. It's, it's a gamble. It's a gamble. You're just rolling to the dice there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we'll see. We'll okay. see where it goes. We'll see. Um, All right. Yeah. All right, so uh, we'll get to it. 
Jeeves, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right, so it is our warehouse distillery. <laughs> Wine under the bridge, escape one on our notebook. I sent Stephanie pictures from the notebook of questions. Stephanie, you pick a question that is not checkmarked. If it has a name next to it, read the name so I can tag that person. She's going to ask right. a question, and then we're all going to answer it and discuss from there. And while she's doing that, we'll do a quick uh, housekeeping. It is March Madness, as we mentioned, so the tournament, pick them, free to join. It's on Yahoo. ID is 1402-1402, and the password is beards, all lowercase. So, Duval and Jeeves, I don't think you've joined yet. I, I need to I have not. So, we got about 19 people in there now. I know once we get closer, more people join. It is free, and then winner gets, let's see, uh, what? T- we've got a new t-shirt thing going, so we'll get you a t-shirt. We'll get you some wine under the bridge stuff, Escape 109, Warehouse Distillery, all that good stuff as well. And the Warehouse Distillery ladies will be on at the end of this month via Zoom. Nice. So we'll catch up with them in a couple weeks. But, yes, that is uh, where we're at on that. I don't even know. All right. I, who, whenever you're ready, Stephanie, you let me know. Okay, um, I have to try to find a good one. I think I have it. All right, what dream experience would you like to have, even if it was only for one hour? And that is from Leslie Hall. Ah. That's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. I mean... I, I, it's like a toss-up between, like, you remember that movie Richie Rich where the kids, like, got all the money and he's just living in that big house and having fun? So it would be a toss-up between, like, that and then, like, making the winning play in, like, a sporting event. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the winning shot, the winning touchdown, the winning whatever it may be, kind of being on that podium of being a professional athlete kind of thing. One of the, I know it's an hour, so, like, that would, I think, between those two. But the Richie Rich one would be fun, like where you're just like, you've got a slide that comes out of the side of your house into the pool, the huge yeah. screen that's the size of a house. Yeah. It'd be tough to go back to regular life, though, after that. <laughs> but you live it up for that one hour, that's though. That's true. That's true. <laughs> right. Um, um, I, I'll, oh, you go, you go, Jeeves. I'll go next. I was, I was kind of on the same uh, side as Jake with the sports. Uh, just to play like the first half or the last half of like a Carolina basketball hmm. uh, game because I'm okay. I'm a huge Carolina fan. So like like Jake said, like hitting that game winning shot on the like to win the championship or uh, to beat Duke or just to play like a last half of like a Carolina basketball game would be would be a dream. Okay. Uh, I would. I would say, and, and this person is no longer with us, but just to sit in the house and really just tour Neverland Ranch to Michael Jackson. Um, really just kind of just... That's a, that's a wild one. And, I mean, I, mean I, I, I just wanted to tour just to see how it is, man. You know, he had all types of shit there. How, like, how, old, how old do you want to be when you do this tour? Is what I'm a grown-ass man, man. Don't do this. Oh, man, I'm just saying. Listen, what kind of... Listen, whoa. Listen, and all those allegations were alleged. I don't think he did it, all right? Okay. I'm about to text Fitz. So we're not about to go down that rabbit hole, all right? Okay. I don't think he did it. I would just love to just, you know. Okay, Peter Pan, you keep living. He got in his house. He got $10 million lamps and shit. Like, I would just want to see that. 
Oh, shoot. Last one. Ironically, I just watched the documentary literally last week for the first time. I did watch it. I did, because I I was like, I'm not watching this shit. Like, no, you didn't do it. I'm willing to die on that ledge. I may be by myself, but... Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, I don't care. I think you are by yourself on that ledge. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. Oh, but another one that I I would say... Um, is just sit and really just talk with Jamie Foxx. He's one of my idols. Mm-hmm. And just, if I just, if it was only an hour, I could just sit in a room and just talk with him about all types of shit, how he made it, people I could he could introduce me to and network with and all that. So that would be it. All right, Steph, what you got? You hanging out at uh, Creepo's houses or we? You... <laughs> <Get you up. laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd be taking taking a trip there, but um, <laughs> you know, I I I would normally say Beyonce because she is like my queen and everything, and I've spent so much money on Ivy Park that I'm scared Chaz is going to listen to this and realize like and look at the bank account and see the thousands. <laughs> <laughs> um, so normally I would say like have a sit down conversation with Beyonce, but honestly, my like new ish person that I'm looking up to, Vanessa Bryant. Okay. Kobe Bryant's wife. Yeah. Um, I just love to sit down with her for an hour and just, um, just like through osmosis, get some of her strength. I just think that she's like so strong. Even, even you know, rest in peace to Kobe for sure. Um, we idolized Kobe growing up. Like yeah. we're from California. We had Lakers. Watch every Lakers game. My brother loved the Lakers. I think you yeah. had a Kobe jersey you used to wear in high school too, with some uh, Adidas jersey Adidas shirt. Yeah, I think you did have some of those too. Oh, 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 okay. One of them jerseys with some Adidas's on them, white joints. Yeah, yeah. Jersey, jersey. Oh. No. yeah. He was killing them too. Yeah, he was killing them coming down, coming in. Those were some traumatic times for my wardrobe. For sure. um, but yeah, she she has amazing strength, and even when Kobe was here. Um, you know, going through stuff in their marriage and just, like, being such a strong wife and amazing mother, obviously, to girls. And I have all girls, and I think I could just yield so much knowledge from her. So she's definitely my idol in many ways. I'd love to sit down and talk to her. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you – and I'll say this. You mentioned you were wanting a son so you could have someone that loves you. My son is currently upstairs screaming and banging on the – basement door because he loves me so much and he wants to be down here on the podcast talking to everybody and all that stuff so if you do have a boy you just hope he comes it comes your way so thank you i mean i you see nobody screaming here that's so true obviously they're just they just are so absorbed in their dad right now they don't even care about me <laughs> fine. it's fine everything is fine <laughs> all right any final thoughts stephanie before we uh, sign out just that it's been an honor and i hope to see you all in person when the world opens up again i'll definitely be delivering some lumpia to each of your doorsteps absolutely i would love to have some you know it'd be great great try it out okay all right (laughs) yeah you see he said hold the port but he wants to go over to neverland ranch over there huh (laughs) duval they ain't holding the pork in neverland ranch duval Listen, I don't care what you say, man. Listen, it's all alleged. This is all speculation. Okay. My, and and 
he is not here to defend himself. So I'll tell that's you this. True. That's true. All right. I get it. I get it, man. Listen, it's 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 some stuff that made me question it too. But I, in my heart, I just don't think he did. Okay. All right. All right. Flip on that HBO Max special, and then maybe you, I, won't. I won't. I heard it's bad. Yeah. I will not. I heard it's bad. Yeah. Oh man! Well, yeah, Stephanie, I appreciate you stopping through and, and responding quick and and all that good stuff. I'm glad uh glad you come on. It was a good little combo. Yeah, great time, great time. Keep up the great work. Blessings to you all. You too. All that, all the crazy rolling and your your B brands and everything. Get keep building that house. Yes, I'll keep building the house, and hopefully you'll each have a room. Absolutely, and they will. Yes. We'll all be millionaires. Yeah, and it's funny if if like Duval mentioned Mark living up there. My wife's one of her really good friends lives up in DC, and they're searching for a house as well. And you mentioned early in the podcast how expensive it was, and she was talking about just how crazy it is. You know, a house here in Charlotte, three bedrooms, plenty of space, going for six top six figures, millions of dollars, and it's just like, holy moly, it's, it's kind of, so you got to keep moving further and further out to try to get the best bang for your buck, so. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, good luck to her. Yeah. Good luck to her, for sure. So yeah. if, we're, if we're ever that way, whenever this uh, apocalypse ends, I'll have to remember to hit your line. Yeah, please do. Please do, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Jeeves, Duval, any final thoughts? I'm good, man. It's just good to see Stephanie. I ain't seen her in so long. I know. It's always good to see y'all, even though I see y'all all the time. But, yeah. You know, it's always good to. I know Stephanie. I really was, as I said earlier. It's been ten. I mean, ten years since we graduated college. I feel like that's when the last I saw you. Maybe something afterwards, but like you said, you moved quickly up to up to uh, DC. So, but yeah, it's, it's like, like I guess with this new social media era, we hadn't seen each other in person for so long, but it still feels like. I kind of know what you're doing because of social media. Like, you post, I knew you had two kids. I knew you got married. I knew you started the business because of that. I mean, I can't imagine our parents growing up, it really, all you had was a phone call. And if you really didn't live close by or you didn't have their number, they moved, you couldn't keep up with them until you ran into the grocery store with them 20 years later or something. So Crazy? Yeah, I'm very thankful for social media. It can be detrimental yes, mentally yes, for some people. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that for the most part, if you can control it mentally, it's a great tool. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Stephanie, where can you be followed if you would like to be followed on social medias? Yeah. So, I have uh, Instagram at Steph B Brands and I have a website, www.stephbbrands.com. All right. We'll sign off. Stay on a little bit afterwards so I can get a screen grab for uh, photo purposes. But again, thanks to all. And who will go? Neverland boy Duval, how we in the podcast? Peace. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want for the bitch that might have made me fuck her, even though she average.